Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, As a former first sergeant, I love looking across the room and seeing all the diamonds out there that are out there pushing our mission forward, taking care of our airmen. And I have one of the premier first sergeants on this base in Kadena, in PACAF. Please introduce yourself. Chief, I am very privileged and humbled uh, that I'm even over here in the same room where where you're interviewing this. So I am Master Sergeant Alan Limhoko, first sergeant for 718 AMXS, north side, strong side. Uh, So yeah, first sergeant for about 500 people, making sure we have the tankers, the helos, and the E3s flying in the air. Um, I am originally from the Philippines, grew up over there, and then uh, around 12 years old, actually, I was just 12 years old when I um, family moved to Hawaii, so did a little bit of growing up in Hawaii, Ever Beach, Hawaii, before I joined the Air Force uh, when I was almost 21 years old. Almost 21. Almost 21. So I turned 21 at tech school. You can even imagine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Were you on phase one, phase two? Uh, yes. <laughs> phase one, phase two. It was a Keesler before Katrina, right? So it was a different scene back then, oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So you're coming in from by way of Hawaii, but you grew like you said, you grew up in the Philippines. Right. How does Hawaii and the Philippines uh, how do they, how do they both influence you and your leadership style? So, from what I remember in the Philippines, we I grew up or I was born and I grew up like right outside of Clark Air Base where it used to be. As a matter of fact, uh, we moved our family moved right after the the volcano Mount Pinatubo uh, erupted in 1991. Um, I didn't know it at the time because uh, my dad was in the Navy and he he joined pretty late in his career. He already had five kids. And um, he, from what I know now, he's working on command sponsorship. He got stationed in uh, Pearl Harbor and command sponsorship wasn't even done yet. And the volcano erupted. And, yeah, we got evacuated first to Guam there for like a week. Uh, stayed in the gym, right, in cots and everything with my uh, four other siblings and my mother. Uh, before we caught uh, the next great tail into Hickam. Uh, Then from there, yeah, uh, went to sixth grade all the way up to high school from over there. It influenced me because uh, I had, I I guess I came from um, not a whole lot. When I was in the Philippines, it was a one-bedroom apartment, and at one point there was 11 or 12 people that live in that same one-bedroom apartment. Um, My parents... uh, wanted better for for their kids and they did what they had to do um where they uh, immigrated to the united states wanted a, a better life for their kids and uh that work ethic kind of carried o- carried over um throughout my my whole life here i am in hawaii sixth grade barely understanding any english right and uh, I'm, I'm in the back uh, i kind of know the answer 
I, but I don't want to raise my hand, so I'm very hesitant. But um, the work ethic, you know, there's, uh, my parents always told me nothing replaces a work ethic. So uh, it carried on when I was in Hawaii and even throughout my really Air Force career. Do you have a favorite quote, a favorite song, or a favorite movie? And if so, why? One of my favorite quotes um, from the great Muhammad Ali, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to, uh, let me paraphrase it. He said, uh, a man that views the world uh, at 50, the same when he was uh, at 20, uh, wasted 30 years of his life. Absolutely. I love that quote. I, I love I, that too. Yes, so I love that quote. General Brown kind of came up with, uh, accelerate change now or lose. Um, uh, that was the first quote that I thought about. Like, that's just perfect. I've been, you know, I believe this quote when, since I was a, a young little kid, you know, growing up. And um, even now when we talk about theory of constraints, right, um, when you apply the theories of uh, constraints, making things better, um, change is hard, but it's essential um, uh, for the mission and it's, it's essential for us as leaders to grow, um, to be able to lead the uh, new airmen growing up, right? Uh, I saw another quote uh, on Facebook. Uh, it says, we cannot uh, supervise our airmen the same way we got supervised uh, when we were growing up because that world doesn't exist anymore, right? Um, and I mean, just 10 years ago, we barely had like smartphones and Facebook and social media and all that stuff, right? And for a while I was against that uh, because I, mean, I don't need Facebook or, or what is this stuff? You know, this is just uh, narcissistic stuff that I don't want to talk about myself. But at the same time, um, it's a good tool to get your message out there. It's a good tool to communicate uh, with airmen, um, uh, in, in whether younger or if they've been here a while. And that's it's very important, um, uh, I think, to make sure that we have all the tools that we need and able to communicate. That's inspirational as it is. I can see why you're a good shirt. You're a maintenance professional as a first sergeant. You're coming out from a different career field. What's your original career field? So for the first nine years of my uh, Air Force career, I was in comm. I was a comm troop. Um, and then I got retrained into a unit training manager before I became a first sergeant 18 years into my career. So 18 years into your career. Because th there is no mold for what a maintenance professional is. If you serve in a maintenance group, especially a maintenance group this big, you are a maintenance professional. It's just a different, uh, a different flavor, if you would, of, uh, of what a maintenance professional is. What is the most influential maintainer you've met since you've been a first sergeant in the 718th? That's a tough one because there's a lot of good maintainers in 718th MXS. Any story or anything that pops um, out at you? So I've, so I've only been in, in 718th MXS for about six months now, and I can, I can already like just blurt out names, Danny Malazzo or Scalamara or Michael Velez, right? Um, uh, I can go on and on. Um, this is my fourth uh, squadron uh, that, that's in maintenance. You know, I, again, I was a... Uh, UTM uh, prior to that so e even with that I can blurt out names like John Faulkner or Pat Allen and, and all those guys but um, one of the it, even the most influential is uh, Colonel Brady Wilkins this guy was tough he was my squadron commander and he was tough and there was a lot of things that uh, we a lot of times didn't agree with but he was open to conversations and he he developed me he made me 
grow a lot in the two years while I served um, uh, under his command. Um, so I can blur out a lot of names, right? And it's hard to pinpoint one one person, but the one that always pops out is uh, uh, Chief Michael Sparks, and he, uh, he was a he was a comp troop, but he was a weapons uh, a weapons troop before he retrained into comp. And he was my well, he was a senior then made chief at the time with my first base at Hickam. Um, but even uh, as, as this young A1C, I could tell he was different, and I think. At that time, I didn't know, but um, I can see it now is uh, what he brought, the scrappiness, um, the the work ethic and everything else. A lot of that came from his maintenance background, um, but also uh, caring for the people. When he talked to me um, as a young A1C, and here he is with years and years of experience, he leveled with me. Um, some of the, uh, the times where, you know, like darker times I, I went through, um, he was there, right? Um, and so that name will always uh, uh, will always be in my head. Um, he was a, a weapons troop, so yes, he's a he's a maintainer, but um, he was on my first base when I was uh, at ACOMS. Along the way, you get to learn a lot of a lot of different people, a lot of different human beings, and you're in a in a key leadership position now. What do you value most in a peer? What do you value most in a subordinate? And what do you value most in a leader? So let's start with a peer. What I value most um, with a peer is because we have our, when I talk about peer now at least, is, you know, the first sergeant council. And um, there's about 20-something uh, diamond-wearing first sergeant council, or first sergeant uh, on Kadena, right? Um, uh, there's a handful that I really reach out to, and what I value about most of those, those handful that I reach out to is because they're real with me. Um, they tell me what I'm doing well. Um, but I think more importantly, they're they're gonna tell me uh, when I'm when they think I'm messing up somewhere or give me uh, uh, constructive feedback. And I think uh, no matter who we are, first sergeant, uh, commander, or even a, a airman just starting out, value feedback, right? And as a peer, if you're getting that as a peer, you better value that peer as well, um, especially if it's constructive. Um, with a subordinate. I think that's uh, one of the biggest uh, thing with being a supervisor is you don't know what you're going to get. And it's up to you as a supervisor, right, uh, uh, to, to ensure you develop that, that subordinate. Um, but if I had to p uh, pick a, uh, a characteristic that would help me out at least uh, is someone that is self-motivating and um, just takes initiative. Because it's especially now, well, we're asked to do a lot. We ask our airmen to do a lot. And it's whether uh, we realize it or not, a lot of times uh, we may not put into priority uh, developing airmen individually. Um, so it helps out when somebody reaches out. It's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about this? It's like, absolutely, that's a great idea. Um, so somebody that, that, that has that motivation and, and initiative and whatever it is that they value, right? I'm there to, uh, to help them out. I'm there to help develop them. With, with a leader, when, when they're already at the top, pull somebody up with you. Whatever it is that helps you uh, reach that top, especially if you see the potential in somebody where that somebody may not actually realize they have that potential to begin with. And I, I always look for those uh, individuals, right? Um, a lot of times, especially when I came in, like I told you, I barely spoke English when I came into into Hawaii. I know the answer, but I'm kind of like embarrassed to even, you know, uh, raise my hands. 
uh, when the teacher asks a question. So I, I look for those. I deliberately look for those for those airmen that I know they have the potential. In the leader, that's what what I would appreciate. You know, we've had a couple conversations now, and as I sit here across the table from you, uh, I've asked you this question before, blown away by it the first time I asked you, but I'm going to ask you it again. It's that existential question of what makes you you. God, family, and the U.S. Air Force, in that order. Right. Um, uh, I know I need to go to church more, but I am a man of God, right? Uh, I'll, I'll tuck my kids in, you know, every night, and then we'll pray, right? We'll say our prayers. We'll say our, our thank yous and, and ask for blessings, right? So, so that's number one thing. Um, two is my family, my immediate family. So my wife, Jill, who um, uh, a lot of times uh, I think uh, I not take for granted, but I don't give her enough credit for what she does. Uh, she's, she's always been behind me, my rock. Um, so uh, if you're listening to this, see, I told you I'd give you credit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some good points there, but that's absolutely a fact. It's hard being a shirt out here. Absolutely. And um, some of the new shirts, uh, or even the ones that, you know, shadowed um, or, or looking for, like, uh, you know, just feedback. And that's what I tell them. I hope you have someone that um, you can turn to because there are going to be some tough days where um, you get home and, you know, you just want to vent to someone or just talk about something. Um, whenever uh, I'm dealing with uh, something that has to do with family, with somebody's spouse, with, with the kids, it hits a little uh, oh, tougher, yeah. right? Oh, and absolutely. I'm sure you know this, uh, Chief. You were there before. Oh, that's um, so tough. Right, and you just want to give your kids a hug. Um, and then uh, and my wife is just there, and a lot of times she just listens, right? Um, and I can't stress enough how much I value her and love her for it. And absolutely my, my two kids, Micaiah and Isaiah, um, they make me who I am. Um, it, you know, uh, life changes you, right? And and one of the most things I love that, that I realized later on what changed me is becoming a father, all right? And when I'm talking to airmen, to NCOs, even senior NCOs are about to have their, their first kid, and I tell them, you know, it's the greatest feeling. Um, just like being a first sergeant, it's tough. It's a tough job, but it's so rewarding at the end of the day. Um, and I love it. Uh, then last, you know, well, obviously not least, but uh, Air Force. Uh, the Air Force has been great to me, right? Um, there are some tough times, but it's been great to me. And I want to pay back. I've, a lot of first sergeants is, you know, one of those, hey, I've always wanted to be a first sergeant. I'm going to pursue it. I've never thought about it until uh, it was Chief Young when I was at Getty kind of talked me into it. Um, I love it when, when airmen NCOs and senior NCOs, right, uh, we're just standing outside and you see the aircraft taking off and we're still in awe looking up, man, that looks pretty cool, right? Um, and transition from, you know, that aircraft taking off, it takes a lot of manpower, a lot of people to, to make that happen. And uh, I'm now at the point where I want to make sure that the people that make that happen are taken care of. Um, so that's where I am in life now. So you've re-enlisted a few times. You're one of them old heads now. You, I am. You, you've been in it. You've been in the game for some time. What kept you coming back? Why are you still here? Uh, the people. Yeah, it's the people. I mean, as a matter of fact, I just put in for an extension uh, for the diamond. And so, some people are saying, you're crazy. Four years is enough. But I, I really do enjoy uh, what I'm doing. 
Um, and it's a combination of, again, the GI Bill, but also uh, uh, I love being overseas. I don't know what, what other opportunities will come up, you know, later on in my Air Force or after the Air Force career where I get to travel so much. Um, but most of this is, is the people. Uh, I love taking care of people. I love my job. And um, I will do, it for, do this for as long as I can. Um, and then um, I'm sure my wife will help me, uh, will guide me <laughs> along the way as well. To help you make that decision? Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. on the same way. I'm the same way. When Shauna tells me it's over, it'll, be, it, it'll, it'll likely be over for me. Right. Actually, even um, well, she knows when I'm having a bad, bad day. She knows when I'm having a bad week. And she knows when it's time to take leave. And I appreciate it for that. Oh, that's because awesome. sometimes it's, uh, we just don't see it. Right. So, you know, you have kids now. You've, you're, you're changing, you're always evolving. But as you've come up, say your first zero to five years, then five to 10 years, then 10 to 15 years, uh, there's been different stages and mm-hmm. different parts of your journey. What would you tell the younger you that's just starting out on the journey? Not one of your younger airmen, not one of your kiddos. What would you tell the younger you just starting that journey? To listen more. <laughs> so we, uh, as a younger me, I, I got a lot of uh, uh, a good NCOs uh, that tried to uh, at least mold me, guide me, develop me. And they'll tell you the whole thing about make sure you take care of your education, make sure you save up for retirement, make sure you do this and that. And a lot of it was in uh, one ear and out to other pretty quickly. But I wish I would have listened more. Um, I wish I would listen more to when they say, uh, or when they try to give you the bigger picture of why we do what we do. And um, I even see that now. A lot of airmen that come in, uh, they may not realize uh, the impact of what they're doing, right? Miles and miles away, you know, uh, away from home. Um, uh, they come into work, they turn wrenches, and that was it. Or they think that's it, but there's absolutely a lot more to it. Um, so if it's one thing, Yes, listen more because uh, there are people that are out there that are uh, have the best interest in mind for you to develop you, and to uh, like see the big picture. Um, because if you lose motivation, and uh, you're coming into work, that's that's yeah, that's when your morale goes down, right? Because if you have oh, no yeah. idea why you're doing what you're doing, it makes for a long day. So that losing that motivation. It is a long career. You said 21 years now. We're in the same boat. We have been in this game for a long time. Some of our, some of our best years, I would think. I, I'd like to think that we have a lot more ahead of us, right? But you've given the Air Force a lot of your best years. But there's some lean times, right? There's some times that you lose that motivation. Tell me a time that you've faced some adversity in your career and how you overcame that. Adversity in my career. Sometimes you just got scuffed up. Sometimes you kind of fell on your face a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, I mentioned uh, Colonel Brady Wilkins earlier, right? Some of the great maintainers that helped me, helped mold me. Um, uh, I became a master sergeant at UTM and a GSU over at Getty. And, um, you know, commander kind of threw me a bone. I was like, there's no way you're going to be a, a master sergeant UTM and just just be a UTM, right? I have some opportunities for you. So it made me in charge of a, a section which was uh, over PRP, security, uh, CSS, finance, a little bit of uh, mission support where you had your, the IDMTs and 
um, and everything else. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was too prideful to, to ask for help, right? Um, and I was, I'm one of those out try, like figuring things out on my, on my own. Um, and it took a, a long time for me to just swallow my pride and ask for help. Um, and when I say help, is it comes from the peers, it comes from from family, and really um, came from a lot of it is my subordinates because I am not the the expert uh, on what they do, but um, I'm supposed to be able to brief anybody else on what uh, what's happening in the section, and and to me like man, I'm no longer just me, but I'm 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 responsible for them, so. Uh, trusting uh, a lot on, on, on what my team can do uh, instead of just me. It, when I realized that, it made things so much easier. Um, so, yeah, take a knee, ask for help. Uh, I tell Airman Dad all the time now, and so cliche, right? But uh, only you know when it's time to take a knee and ask for help. So as we draw to an end of this, of this episode, um, I always ask for that story, a memorable you know, a triumphant something, something that's memorable in your career uh, as a maintenance professional. Tell me a memorable story. Here's one that, that, that comes up. Um, and it's weird because it starts it starts out dark, right? Um, it, it's a, a guy that attempted suicide, right? Um, and fortunately, it was an unsuccessful suicide. And Throughout the the time afterwards, and I'm even picking him up from the hospital and taking him back to uh, to the dorms. It was just awkward, right? Um, but kept at it. Um, the follow up appointments and everything else. Find out later on. Make the story a little short. Is he wasn't fit to be in the Air Force anymore, and and he was angry. He was mad, and uh, whatever uh, uh, conversations we've had, you know, he would be would be respectful he would engage in the conversation but at the end of the day you know how do I tell him like hey uh, you were deemed unfit to be in the Air Force um, and he got separated out of the Air Force right um, a year after right as a matter of fact I was in San Diego spent Christmas uh, back with my parents um, I get a call from this number like I have no idea who this person is like you know what my phone's been forwarded. I'm on leave. You know, I'm not a first sergeant. Who's this person calling? So I answer, and it was that person, um, and it was to to thank me uh, for everything that I did for him uh, because he said even though he didn't show at the time, like he appreciated everything, even up to a point where he, um, I helped him uh, really get out the air force. He didn't realize at the time, but. Um, he knew he wasn't for him now. Um, he's in a, a, a lot better place. He got married, and he really wanted to call to tell me, one, thank you, and two, that he's about to be a father. Awesome. Right? So, um, and I think that's memorable because even in the darkest times, there's, there's, there's always something good that comes out of it. Um, even when you're going through it and you don't know at the time, that was a surprise to me, especially coming from that guy. Like, I thought this guy wanted to jump over, like, the, the desk and, you know, choke me every time we talked to him because, you know, I'm just trying to be real with him. And then later on for him to say thank you, um, uh, that was very memorable for me as a first sergeant. I can't tell you how much I enjoy doing this because I wanted to perfect something or work towards something for the 2,400 human beings that we get just the privilege to serve next to each and every single day. I mean, I'm, I, I feel blessed every time I wake up 
every time I get to throw my uniform on, every time I make an attempt to go out there and help lead this organization up. And it's, you know, it's just been a, it's been a great ride so far. And sitting across from you, it rejuvenates me. Who's next? Who should I interview next? I think you should interview someone that does this fairly new to the Air Force, whether this is a first base or second base, um, only because um, it's like looking back in time, this bright-eyed, you know, airman, like asking the same questions that you ask, what motivates you, and you'd be surprised because when I'm walking around and, you know, asking uh, the same questions almost, and, it, again, it's it motivates me because, again, it's like looking back in time, and that was me 21 years ago. <laughs> like, I thought I, I had everything figured out, I was motivated and everything else. Um, yeah, uh, Larissa Perez um, uh, from 718 MXS. But you can, like, throw rock over there. Like, whoever is um, that has an airman that you know, just kind of came in here, I that's something I, I, I want to hear their answer. I kind of want to see your reaction to to their, their answers when you uh, when you're asking the questions too. Well, I appreciate you coming out. I know how busy your time is during the day. I know how you're busier. Like this is late in the afternoon. I know how busy a first sergeant can be. Um, probably you know itching to check on your phone and then go out there and help and take care of your airmen. So I appreciate you being out here. I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you living a maintenance life and sharing your story. And we'll see you next time. Teammates, again, thank you for listening. If you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Los AF Jefe, be happy to have you on the show. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, This podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets, Los AF Jefe, out.